Hail, traveler. Be wary in these lands, for the skies overhead darken with the shadows of dragon's wings. The undercrofts overflow with the rise of the dead. There is danger afoot across the whole of elsewhere. Do you venture to brave these wilds? Then come inside, rest your well-traveled feet, and order up around. Share your tales with two of Tamriel's finest storytellers. Here they are now. The Law Seekers, Jibs, and Cash. Ooh. It's good to be back. It's really good to be back. Oh my what gosh. Horror, buddy. Yeah. Oh look, here comes the barmaid. Here she comes. What's oh, our new tavern? What can I get you boys? My dear You know, it's a special day for us. Um I'm gonna have a you know hang on. What what are you drinking again, Cash? What's your I'll order for everybody actually. Oh we're gonna have ancient Dagoth brandy tonight. It's a special. Ancient Not Dagoth brandy. Coming right up. Brandy. Coming right up. How do you know that? Why am I the one who doesn't know that? All right. All right. So, uh, so drink and I know things. You, you drink and you know things. Hmm. Okay. Oh my gosh. Look over in the corner. It's Rich freaking Lambert. It's Rich Effing Lambert. That's actually his bona fide middle name. Rich Effing Lambert. Rich Effing Lambert. What's up, buddy? How are you guys doing? <laughs> Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Here, have a seat. Uh, we'll, we'll make room. We'll make room. I'll move this stuff around. Excuse the baggage. So, uh, wow. All right, how do how do we start this off? I got about make a toast. Something. About a toast. Ooh, I, I like toast. Like All right, toast to to what? Rich, you call it. I I don't know. How about great stories and great friends? Great stories and great friends. I like that. All right, cheers, gentlemen. Cheers, cheers. and. Also, here, mm. here. Mm. This is our first official guest on the Lore Seekers podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, because Jibs and I are introverts, so we're actually <laughs> afraid of people. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. We're, we're having a breakthrough right now. We, we may have to kick somebody out of the tavern tonight. All right. I think I see a. I think I see a fin coming in. So a fin coming in. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. Oh man! All right. Well, let's get started. Um, all right, everybody, uh, welcome. This is Volume Four, the very first episode of Volume Four of the Lord Seekers Podcast, and uh, we couldn't be more happy to be here. Uh, my name is Jordan Butts, or Jibs for short. I'm joined by Cash. And I just have to make mention that Finn is in the chat, and his first question was, "How awesome is it to work with Finn?" <laughs> does he really want me to answer that question like, does he really want me to answer that <laughs> I, oh I think God. there's a hashtag that goes along with that. <laughs> yes and there's a really good story that goes along with that hashtag too <laughs> oh man all right well um shoot yeah uh let's just let's just jump into this so for all of you who are this is your first time ever ever listening to the lord seekers podcast First off, we've been around for a little bit, been around for roughly a year, and uh, pretty much introduced lore to the new player uh, in a way that you will understand it. And uh, we do all kinds of other fun things in earlier episodes. We did uh, ESO 101s quite a bit, teaching you how to play Elder Scrolls Online. And now, we have a new storyline cache that's coming back. 
We do. We have a new storyline. We've taken a few weeks off from our last storyline. If you've listened to it in the past, you will notice in this next iteration of our storyline, we have um, some new audio, some new sounds, and a completely new cast of characters, uh, but we're still going to visit the old ones. And uh, you will be happy to know that this storyline goes right along with Elsewhere. Nice. I'm excited. Elsewhere. I'm excited, too. Oh! Oof. Good gracious. I want to play it right now. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, um, yeah, let's just... Rich, you're going to hang out with us all episode? Is that what, is that what the plan Absolutely. is? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to drink. I may heckle you a little bit, <laughs> and we'll have a good time. <laughs> All right, right on. Well, uh, last episode, we ended Volume 3. We talked new details on uh, Elsewhere from the devs themselves. Armor sets via PTS patch notes. Answered your fan mail and did a lore lesson on Cash Lyris and uh, little uh, Creeper in the Cave. Little Prophet. Yep. Lyris and the Creepy Prophet. And uh, this week, we're going to continue that series. Yeah, and we the are. The reason being is just because we are madly hunting for motifs. Mm. This month. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. That makes uh, sense. Yeah, all that wonderful motif goodness. All right, well, this week on the show, we thought, uh, you know, we told you one of the things that's going to stick around. You loved it, so we're bringing it back. We're bringing back the armory, where we go through various uh, armor sets and Elder Scrolls. I want to say PTS. Elder Scrolls uh, armor sets. Uh, we're also doing the storyline. And, uh, yeah, Rich, we're going to do an email or email interview with Rich later on the show. But uh, a lore lesson on, Cash? We're doing a lore lesson on Sai Sahan. Yeah. And some more interesting things about the Red Guard and necromancy. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you ready? You ready to get started? Always. Always ready. All right. Let me grab my... All right. So, news. News. We don't have any news. Rich, where's the news? <laughs> I'm just along for the drinks, man. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any news. We got. Wait, wait hang on. No, we got something. Uh, Zenimax shared some inspiration for many of the Khajiit, specifically Thalfiq, in an article this week. Uh, with apparently Twitter exploded. Hashtag cats of Zoss. It broke my Twitter. Yes, it did. I was getting a lot of notifications for retweets from ESO. I don't know about you guys. Yes. It broke all of our Twitters. Actually, I ended up spending a good amount of the day yesterday doing Alfic pictures for people in the community. <laughs> and I loved it. I, I did all all four of my Khajiit. I have all I have my naked Khajiit. So I did all four of my Khajiit mm-hmm. and I also put out a plea. Zoss to add naked Khajiit to the Elder Scrolls lore. Is that even a thing? Nope. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Circling. <laughs> Rich, you, do you have cats? Are you a cat person? I have dogs. Mm. So, what kind of dogs you yes, got? This, I have a Great Dane and a Corgi. So this week has been a little painful. Yeah, no With dog love. Cats everywhere. Mm. No dog. Great Dane and a Corgi. I guess you don't have to worry about any interbreeding going on. <laughs> that, I mean, it, it helps they're both males too, but... That's uh, also a fair point. <laughs> yeah, I have a monster truck and a lowrider, so... There you go. <laughs> well done. <laughs> oh my gosh, alright. So yeah, that's it for news. We, uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> that uh, that about sums it up. Kasha, uh, what are you doing? What have you been doing this past week? We we forgot to do that earlier. I have spent a majority of this last week in Cyrodiil. Um, I think I was telling you last week that I had rolled a new character, and my new character is a Magicka Nightblade. Then my new Magicka Nightblade happens to be the character from our new storyline. Mm-hmm. So I was able to kind of really do some internal RP with him and and just uh, have a good time playing with him. And I did a lot of sneaky sneaky through Cyrodiil and uh, experienced a lot of really cool players, experienced a lot of griefers, because it's Cyrodiil, it's PvP, right? So you can't really get upset if you die while you're doing daily quests. Right. For the weekly mode. Especially during the event, yes. Exactly. So You know that um, stuff's coming out. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And so as much as I could, I just kind of snuck around. And, um, you know, the people who would kill me, I just kind of laugh. I actually... Like, I'm not that good at Cyrodiil PvP, especially on a brand new character that's not super geared out for PvP. So the time that I spent there, I did a lot of running. I did a lot more running and stealthing than I did killing. But there was one time that I came out from my quest hub, and we, Aldmeri Dominion, owned the town, and somebody was killing our guards. And I was like, oh, hell no, you're not. So I figured they were a griefer, and I murdered them. So first of all, I was pretty stoked on myself. Like, oh my god, I totally just killed a PvP. <laughs> I was really excited about it. <laughs> I leveled up. So the next thing, I get this this whisper, and the gist of the whisper was, "Do you not have anything better to do other than to <laughs> grief people who are just trying to quest?" <laughs> and I felt like an inch freaking tall. Oh, you felt awful. <laughs> So That's I great. ended up sending her this dissertation. Like, I'm so sorry. I thought she was trying to take her, <laughs> trying to take her town. I'm just trying to quest. I'm not going to give you any more problems, I promise. And, uh, you know, she came back and she was real cool about it. But I felt <laughs> terrible. So I stealthed around the rest of the time just looking. For, I, I probably did. And, Rich, you don't have to comment on this at all. This is not directly Uh-oh. at you. But I must have opened... 70 plus boxes this week. Whoa. And I got two freaking motif. Oh, I was like, wow. And Jesus hates me this week, <laughs> but I already got, I already got two this morning for Sisa Hun. So I was pretty stoked. On that. That's awesome. And cool. That's pretty much all I did all week, man. That magic and night blade. Yeah. Is so much freaking fun to play. You like that? I love it. Uh, let me ask you this. So like at one time I had a mag blade don't remember for the life of me how it really felt to when when I'm playing it is it very I do some remember something about being very light attack heavy attack based is that yeah it's light a lot of light attack weaves uh-huh and it's very unforgiving if you miss your rotation so your dps will go from very high to you suck if you're not paying any damn attention <laughs> oh so i got i have to be better that's just it. You just have to be better. But I love the play style of the Magic and Night Blade because there's a little, there's a lot of ranged, and then there's a little up close and stabby stabby, depending on how you spec. And I really have had a blast this week. That's awesome, man. And he's a Khajiit, by the way. So, Ooh, Khajiit, of course. My first Khajiit. Yeah. Your first? My first. Well, I've had other iterations of Khajiits that didn't quite survive my cut, but um, I really dig this one. So Khajiits have really grown on me a lot. Rich, what do you mean? I play a Stamplar. I have an Orc Stamplar. Ooh. Now, was that Orc pre-race changes or post? 
I go back and forth. Yeah. So that was that was what I originally created was an orc mm. Templar. Okay. And I've been everything from orc to Argonian to Redguard. Uh, I'm back to orc again. And I just I, I love that play style. Love that kind of in your face, really fast. Yeah. Uh, and you can basically go forever if you kill fast enough because you can right. just keep replacing everything. Mm-hmm. Just I, I just love that play style. That's awesome. Very cool. A lot of people are talking about the Templar. And actually, a lot of people in Lore Seekers are running Templars lately, which obviously caught my attention. So I rolled a Khajiit Templar. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, yeah. Rich, when you make it, are you, I'm assuming you're playing a Necro. Are you playing a Necro? Or will of you course. be playing a Necro? Yeah. What are you going to, what's I your race? Absolutely. I will probably do an orc stamina necro oh you love your orcs nice <laughs> i do <laughs> oh that's awesome i do uh well it's been a heck of, heck of a week for me cash uh yes. school yes, has. has me by the nuts this week there's nothing like going back to school when you're full family and career already so my playtime was limited to this today it was limited to today only when we ran pledges and uh healing at least me attempting to heal you and, and pledges. <laughs> so, you know. You're done good. I was pretty squishy. But I got I got something to say for you. Hmm. you you've had a very good week. Uh, Jibs has lost 20 pounds. Yeah, man. Wow. Double. Two rounds. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. I know how tough that is. So that's a, that's a huge feat. I haven't been yeah. doing anything except eating different. I've hardly worked <laughs> out. Don't run. Just. Changed my diet, man. Keto's been good to me. Thank you very much. They're made in the kitchen. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. All right, gentlemen. Well, it's time. We're bringing back the old segment. I should say new segment. New segment to volume four that we call the Armory. All right. So, what is the Armory? Well, if you missed it earlier, for whatever reason, uh, this is where we go through various parts of armor and Elder Scrolls Online and kind of so we did ESO 101 earlier on, probably Volume 1. Cash, I think it made it to Volume 2 as well. I don't remember where we yep. ended up on that. But uh, So we're kind of bringing this back a little bit more with like an education on armor sets in the game. Maybe you haven't heard of, maybe you're new. We get a lot of that in emails and in our uh, Lore Seeker community. So we thought, let's showcase some armor. Let you be aware of some few things. So tonight, I think last week we did, or yeah, no, it was two weeks ago. We did uh, two Magicka pieces. Two Magicka sets, and this week, Cash, we're doing a couple stamp sets. Yeah, we are. You want to take the first one? Uh, yeah, I'll take the first one. So the first one up. This is a pretty big one uh, in a lot of builds. A lot of people seem to call for this a lot. I've yet to get this full set. It's called Bone Pirates Tatters. Now, Rich is smiling. You, you use this, yep. don't you? You like this one? <laughs> I have used that in the past, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good it's one. Very good set. It is a good set. Uh, this is a dungeon set. You're going to get this from Blackheart Haven, and uh, the style is Draugr. If you're, does style really mean anything anymore now that we have the outfit the outfit uh, station? I mean, not it, to me. Not to you? No. <laughs> uh, nope. I usually put a costume over my armor anyway. Oh, yeah. I get, what costume do you wear? Ugh, all kinds of them. Right now, I'm wearing a on my Khajiit a basic Mage's Guild researcher costume. Oh, okay. That's it. Pretty simple. Rich, you rock the bather style? 
No. <laughs> Come on, guy. No, I make I make my own oh. out of uh, the outfit system. I love the outfit system. Oh my gosh, so it's so right good. Now, right now I'm running uh, Cadwell's motif with I of course have the pot hat already, so it just matched my outfit perfectly. Oh, nice. I find myself spending more money on outfits than I do homes. Anything else, I spend thousands and thousands and thousands on outfits. But uh, anyway, so set bonus. So two pieces, you're going to get 1096 max stam. Three pieces, you're going to get 129 stam recovery. Four pieces, 1096 max stam. And five, this is the big one for a lot of people. While you have a drink buff active, your max stamina is increased by 2,000 and stam recovery by 150. Whew, good lord. Oh, that's good. Uh, this comes in weapons, jewelry, and medium armor. Cash, have you ever rocked this set before? I don't think I've ever talked to you about it. No, I have uh, deconned this set a crap ton. <laughs> <laughs> I don't usually play stamp characters, so... Um, it is yeah. such a good set in PvP. So good. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah, with the max stam and stamina recovery, stamina recovery is, like, incredibly important in PvP. That's usually what you end up running out of because especially if you play like me, like Jojo the Circus Clown and just mash buttons, mm-hmm. you end up out of resources pretty quickly. DPS efficient right there. <laughs> it is what it is. If I don't kill you in the first like five seconds, you can just chase me because I'm out of I'm out of everything. Oh man, I'm the same way when it comes to I'm the same way when it comes to PvE. If I'm healing, I'm I'm way over healing. I'm out of resource. When we were healing today, when we run those dungeons, it was like Fungal Grotto too. So it's easy mode, right? We're going through there, and I'm over healing. Breath of life, breath of life, breath of life, breath of life. <laughs> Isn't that how you heal? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Oh man! So next one's Jailbreaker. Yeah, the next one's Jailbreaker, and this one is a set that I have seen on uh, on people that make specific builds. Um, specifically for like farming items and everything. It is also a medium armor set. You can get um, jewelry and weapon pieces from this one too. Mm-hmm. Um, this one you can find in Banish Cells 1 and 2. It is uh, in the Khajiit style. And the set bonuses are two items that adds 1096 maximum stamina, which is a pretty dang good amount. Uh, three items, you get 129 stamina recovery. Four items, another 129 stamina recovery. And at five items, the set bonus is that you gain minor expedition at all times. So your movement speed is increased by 10%. So this is one that I've seen people using, uh, especially when they're doing like Thieves Guild or Dark Brotherhood, where you got to make a hasty getaway. So I've seen this one used out there actually quite a bit. Yeah, I've seen this one a lot in farming builds, particularly on YouTube. Anytime I go to YouTube, they bring up Jailbreaker. You're just going out yeah, farming those zones. Some of the stealth sets, mm-hmm. put that on, zip around. Oh, absolutely. And that's it, man. Like, this is kind of a unique episode. Rich threw us off not giving us any news this week. <laughs> next, <laughs> next time I will bring news. Oh, okay, that. fantastic. The news this week is rich. There you go. Is Rich okay. Lambert. Oh, man. We actually have an interview for him coming up soon, so we're trying to, like, get through all this stuff so that we can just screw with you. Get to the nitty-gritty. All right. Well, we want to know what you think. If you like these sets, if you like this uh, segment, you can always call us at 765-382-6961. Try to keep your voicemail around one minute or less if you'd like to uh, be considered for our mail carrier segment on the show. And like so many of you seem to always do, email lordseekerspodcast at gmail.com 
I'm get my my phone goes off at like two, three in the morning. <laughs> email, email, email. So uh, anyway, thank you all so much. All right, cash. We do have a lore lesson this week, my friends, and yep. in the spirit of the five companions. And in the spirit of what we have been doing for the last couple of weeks, this week we are hunting down Sai Sahan's motifs. All right. So why, if we have the opportunity to earn a true hero's armor, are we not learning about him? There you go. So that's what we're doing this week. Sai Sahan is a Red Guard swordmaster. He's a member of the very companions. And as part of the five-year celebration, completing uh, daily, daily dungeons and uh, trials quests across Tamaria will get you a chance to earn the various pieces of Saisahan's armor. And I will say the RNG is a little better today than it was <laughs> last week. <laughs> I got two pieces today after doing not that many uh, pledges. Um, so I was actually kind of happy about that. But last, last week was rough. So anyway, let's get to know Sai a little bit. Sai Sahan was born in the Second Era. He was a son of the noble by the name of Nazir Itaf Sahan, and they hailed from the region of Bankarai. During his formative years, Sai Sahan was trained by his friend and mentor, somebody who may sound familiar to you, Kasura in the Valley of Blades. Hmm. Kasura is a Red Guard instructor at the Abbey of Blades in Hammerfell, and she trained Sai in the arts of the body, the blade, and the mind, which we're going to talk about a little bit here coming up, what that actually means to a red guard. Sahan learned the way of the ancient Yakudin sword saints and excelled as a warrior with nearly unmatched martial prowess. Here's our first fun fact of the lore lesson. In Sai Sahan's life, his greatest regret was his failure to revive that ancient Yokudan tradition of the sword singer. The sword singers were an order of Yokudan warriors who followed the way of the sword. And these warriors brought their traditions of astonishing feats of swordsmanship through mind, body, and spirit as part of the infiltration of the regatta in the first era. Remember, they came over from their island that was sunk, and they basically just wreaked havoc on the coastline and made themselves a beachhead and then came in and reestablished Hammerfell and pretty much took it over. The sword singers were responsible for the claiming of the entire and for the establishment of a new homeland for the Yokudan people. And the most recognized and accomplished of the sword singers was their leader, Frandar Hunding might ring a bell with some of you because I'm sure a lot of you stamina characters are using Hunding's Rage as a good beginner set. Sai Sahan was a man of unyielding honor. He was a patriot to the Red Guard people and the ancient ways of Yokudan culture. Sai was very fiercely protective of his friends, his fellow warriors, and to his emperor. Sai Sahan was dedicated to his duty and he trained religiously to hone his battlefield skills. He was known for having a dark side, however, and he would fall into a state of bloodlust on the combat field, and that would allow him to emerge victorious in the face of insurmountable odds on the battlefield. And we'll have more on that too coming up. Saisahan went on to thrive on the battlefields of Tamri, eventually met a very powerful Colovian military leader by the name of Varen Aquilarios. 
That's the prophet. Spoiler. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so if you did the spoiler thing, I have to ask a question. Uh-oh. You're talking a lot about Psy in the third person. Does that mean that you sacrificed him? Mm. I did not. Okay. I sacrificed somebody else that I felt had lived a long enough life and caused a lot of <laughs> Clearly, trouble. by the way they looked. <laughs> he may or may not have gone blind at some point in his life from reading this certain scroll. I don't know vestige. what they're called, really. Uh-huh. I'm down to my cave vestige. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah he's uh he he talks talks with a lish jesus christ crash <laughs> yes i sacrificed the prophet okay and the only reason being this is gonna sound so freaking cheesy and so romance novel you're gonna laugh i sacrificed the prophet and let saisahan live because number one Sai had already gone through a whole bunch of shit mm. like okay dude you've had enough yep and he was in love with his, his oh, you fell oh. for the love story. He was in love with his snow lily. That's a huge wit. <laughs> so <laughs> I did look up the choice differentiation yeah. in yeah. there because that's one of the things I love doing is looking at that. And eighty percent of the player base picked the prophet. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, he lied to us first off. He did. He lied to us. Um, second of off, or second off. He uh he caused a freaking big problem. Yeah. So I mean we could totally he get did. I mean about this, technically but... Cy was part of that as well. True. That's true. True. Right? You know, and and yeah. 12% of the player base picked Cy. And 6% of the monsters out there <laughs> picked Lyris. Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> yeah. Well, so... F that 6%. <laughs> I love you, my Lyris. Oh man. <laughs> yep. Oh my god, that is so freaking awesome that you know that off the top of your head. Now I feel like a total lore noob. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue. I was just curious because you were talking to him about the third person. I'm like, I, he totally sacrificed him. Holy cow. I love this totally <laughs> interaction. Because normally Jib just sits there and goes, okay. That good. <laughs> That's awesome. Pretty cool. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't have the stats. Like, oh, by the way, 80% of people killed the blind guy. <laughs> okay okay so uh so anyway saisahan won battle tamriel and then eventually met varanak valerios and gained his trust and then saisahan was given command of the legendary dragon guard so aquilarios loved saisahan so much and saw his skills so much that he uh was going to make use of size leadership skills so Saisahan was sent with a band of mercenary soldiers during uh, Aquilarius's war with the Longhouse Emperors. And this was a very, very pivotal time. At the time, Saisahan had no idea that these mercenaries were in league as double agents with the sitting Emperor Leovic, and they all had plans to betray him. So Sai was sent to Leowin to basically liberate the town. But what ended up happening is that um, these mercenaries turned on Saisahan, hoping to deliver his head to Leovic. Which brings us to our next fun fact. The Longhouse Emperors were a dynasty of Reachmen 
who held rule over most of Cyrodiil for many decades until Emperor Leovic, we're flashing forward here, was killed by the Colovian military leader, Varys. And there's actually pictures of that that you can see online. It's pretty cool. Shows him in his throne. Mm. Pretty neat. After Leovic was slain, Aquilarius, this is where he went wrong, Aquilarius claimed the throne of the emperor for himself. Such a good man. Such a yes. good, good, good man. So in the past, emperors of Cyrodiil were all of dragon's blood, and Aquilarius, which Aquilarius is not, or was not of dragon's blood. So that's what really started the whole soul burst thing. If you haven't played your main quest line, then go play it, because that's what it's all about. It's a great story. Okay, so back to Sai Sahan at Leowin. His mercenaries turned on him, and these would-be assassins were all murdered by Sai Sahan. Hmm. And we're talking a lot of them. And we talked about his bloodlust and his martial prowess. While well, Sahan completed the liberation of Leo and then traveled back to Aquilarios's encampment in Bruma and delivered the scalps of 86 men to Aquilarios. Ooh. All of the mercenaries that tried to kill him. If that is not 100% badassery, <laughs> I do not know what it is. <laughs> and that's why I didn't kill Sai. Mm-hmm. I figured he'd probably come back to haunt me in the end or something. That and the voice actor's amazing. Actually, yeah. And he makes jokes about uh, breadcrumbs and beards, which I thought was pretty freaking <laughs> So Even though this is about as much beard as I get this, <laughs> this two-day shadow. Bless your heart. Yeah, bless my heart. Plus my work policy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Saisahan's battleground exploits would become legendary definitely continued to take notice after Varen killed Emperor Leovic and proclaimed himself the emperor he recruited Sai Sahan into the five companions in hopes of recovering the amulet of kings remember I was talking about Aquilarios not being a true dragonborn well Aquilarios planned to recover the amulet of kings to use it in a ritual that would supposedly turn him into a dragonborn giving him a legitimate claim to the throne. But what ends up happening, which I won't really spoil very much, but they're betrayed by the necromancer Mana Marco, and the veil between Nern and Oblivion will be shattered in an event known as Saisahan is subsequently captured and brought to the Halls of Torment where his captors, Mana Marco and Molag Balbag, Continue to torture Sai Sahan for information, and Sai never freaking broke. Love him. Yes. So continue along with the guy's badassery, his strength and courage, enduring endless amounts of torture, and never freaking broke. He's a badass. It's freaking awesome, man. Yep. I think his armor so far is looking the best, too, and the motifs... I you know like last week with Abner I'm like all right you know what I'm I'm digging the dagger I like the the staff that's cool and uh, but man size stuff whew yeah it's a lot of I'm good looking sure pieces I'm pretty sure I would have broke Jibs yeah <laughs> I'm pretty sure I would have said it's in a cave I'll tell you exactly where it is it hurts it's in the stuff. prophet's cave I can't I can't do it <laughs> so anyway um, I wanted to bring a point of interest up since the necromancer is going to be a thing a very amazing thing coming up here in a few weeks 
How many days are we up to? We 27 uh, days away? 25? 7? Oh, really? 6? I don't know. I know. Oh, Rich, I'm sorry. Did so we just close. give you gut rot thinking about that? <laughs> we just made Rich's gut turn into... <laughs> oh, God. I think I'll have another drink. <laughs> another round. Well, here's the beautiful thing, too, about, about what we're hearing about elsewhere. We Jibs and I are not touching PTS, and nope. we apologize for not being a part of all the bug reporting and everything. But no, 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 we're not touching PTS. But what we are hearing, because I definitely am looking, at, I'm watching builds, I'm watching some of the content talking about the necromancer skills and stuff, so I can at least plan. But what we're hearing is insanely good. And I'm sure you know what you're hearing too. Um, I'm hearing that necro is a little bit OP at the moment which is fine so don't touch leave it alone just leave it alone it's fine it's fine you know the community (laughs) has spoken rich (laughs) but yeah so if it's you know 25 26 days away i got no butterflies i'm super excited (laughs) okay so anyway let's finish up with uh some i wanted to hit on this point of interest with the necromancer in regards to the red guard and necromancy in the region of Alakir. Um, typical Red Guard tradition holds that any sort of interaction with the undead is strictly forbidden, including the practice of necro- necromancy, like very, very harshly judged against if you take part in any necromancy in the region of Alakir. There's actually a secular tribe of Red Guard who made it their lifelong duty to purify mausoleums and destroy the undead. They were known as the Ashaba. They were warriors. And though this was a very, very necessary detail for Red Guard to provide for the sanctity of the Yakutan culture and religion, because they operated so close to and hunted down the undead and necromancer, they became exiled and they became known as nomads because just because of that contact. Mm. So that's how superstitious Red Guard people are yeah. when it comes to consecration of their dead. Another form of anti-necromancy that was practiced by the Red Guard was the creation of something called the Anse Wards. These were actually ancient relics that were formed as a part of a covenant with Tuaka, Tuaka being the Yokudan god of souls, to ensure that the consecrated corpses of the dead could not be raised by even the most powerful forms of necromancy. And this reminds me of Arkay's law. Whereas if a corpse was blessed by Arkay with a certain ritual, then they also could not be uh, raised by necromancy, which I thought was kind of a neat point. So anyway, I know some people out there who are just to spite traditions and law are going to roll red guard necromancers <laughs> which i think is awesome actually um maybe may not be meta but who cares about meta and um i just thought that was pretty cool i mean if you if you're in an rp guild and you roll, creating chaos like right there level one. Oh yeah absolutely for sure, for sure. and man and going back to the red guards like you know, their whole disdain for the undead. You see that, not I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but if you've been to Alakir Desert and oh, you've yeah. rocked that quest line, that's some good yeah. stuff right there. That's some good meat. Yeah. It talks about it all is. that. I mean, it takes you right through pretty much the life 
of the Ashaba mm-hmm. and the thing go through. Mm-hmm. So it's a really good question. Okay, the next fun fact. I thought this one was pretty cool, so I had to throw it in. Each household in Hammerfell has an alcove near its hearth adorned with a copy of the Book of Circles, which honors Frandar Hunding. The book was written by Hunding himself in the first era, year 750, and it is part of the culture of the everyday life of a Redguard. The book is very highly regarded as a guide on blade mastery and a Redguard sword. In it, it talks a lot about how a Redguard's sword is considered an extension of their soul and a symbol of their honor. Ooh, that's cool. I know. So you want to talk about an honorable class or an honorable race? The mm-hmm. Redguard is it. Absolutely. Like incredibly deep, deep honor and tradition. I remember, I think it was volume one. Or, yeah, volume one when we talked about the Red Guards uh, the, in, as a whole in a lore lesson. And ever since then, I've had this deep appreciation for like, hey, don't screw with that guy. He knows how to use a sword. <laughs> Just because there's... Kick yeah. your ass. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, do not fight. Do not engage. Run for days. Do you remember when we had our... When we had our what? We had that race through all the regions. Oh, yeah, the naked race? Yes. A whole bunch of people pulled out their Red Guard characters that were maxed in stamina. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, it's strategic. It's, yeah. it's like super smart. Oh, actually. yeah, that was good. That was a fun time. So, But anyway, um, Saisahan's story is just adorned with glory, honor, humility, defeat, spiritual resurrection, the things that the guy went through. So get out there and earn his armor. It is totally worth it, whether or not you like it or not, honor the man, because he's a freaking badass. Uh, Plus you get like a bare-chested piece of armor for your, you know, main yeah. chest plate. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Show off badass. the hard-earned pecs. That's right. Yeah. Eat right, yeah. Rich, All right. <laughs> Rich you better take a sip. You ready, Rich? <laughs> it's time. You ready? Is it? It's your, right. it's your spotlight. Right. Cash, we didn't summon the lore book earlier. You just want to use that now for him? <laughs> yeah, I'll summon the lore book for his interview. You ready? Yeah, tell me when. Okay, here we go. All right. All right, here we go. All right, everybody. Well, before we get started, if you, after listening to the show and you really like it, well, we want to give you something. Whether you like it or not, really. I mean, we're going to give you something free anyway. <laughs> uh, here's what you do. If you want a free audio book on the show... Go to audibletrial.com forward slash loreseekers. You sign up for the free 30-day free trial, and you get a free audiobook. Whether you keep your service going or you cancel it, you get something for free and on us. Pick whatever you want. There's a couple other scrolls books there. But, uh, you know, Rich would be great if we saw some new ones. <coughs> but uh, there's a couple in yeah, there. No, that's actually a really good question. <laughs> that you can't answer. <laughs> finish, finish the plug, and then we're going to start with a cliffhanger oh all right so anyway free audiobook audibletrial.com forward slash lore seekers all right why aren't there more books there's lots of books in game no you stop it you stop it that was the best effing response that you could have given there's so many books you idiot (laughs) well played well played uh, all right. Well, we'll get started. Rich, we can't thank you enough for uh, coming on the show and just hanging out, being a part. It's been a lot of fun. But now's the time where we get to pick your brain a little bit. And uh, so a lot of people see you, you know, on social media or, you know, like uh, on stream, like at Elsewhere or or um, 
you know, the uh, every Friday. Gosh, what's the name of that stream? It, it's escaping my mind. The one that's so live. Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> oh my God! What a fail! It's like <laughs> the only stream <laughs> we do. <laughs> you know that one. I'm sorry. I just all I remember is Gina and Jess. They, they run that, the show. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's, that's yep. all that matters. And so Gina and Jess, you're smart. Yeah. I just want to break the ice right there. All right. So people know you from you know from the streams, from social media, but. Tell us a little bit, like, so you're the creative director, Elder Scrolls Online. What does a typical day at ZeniMax Online Studios look like for you? Oh, boy. I don't know that I have a typical day. <laughs> it's always it's always something different. I, I think that's one of the reasons why I love what I do so much, but it's always different. It kind of depends on where we are in the development cycle. Mm. Um, and whatnot, but I guess kind of the the best way for me to go about this is just kind of talk about what I do. And then okay. some of my day is the same. So okay. overall, <laughs> overall I'm responsible for everything that goes into the game. Mm-hmm. So I work with all the teams from the content teams to the design teams. I work with engineering, all that other art um, to come up with a roadmap of things that, we want to put into the game Mm -hmm. and then i work with the content teams on the stories that we're going to tell and then the combat and design teams for the systems and things that we're going to put in game and then basically it's constant review and making sure that the things that are going in are kind of hitting the bar that we want to hit right and so you know i usually get in around eight o'clock in the morning I have sometimes an hour kind of to myself to catch up on emails and, you know, do other things like that. And then from nine to 10 is usually a play test in the morning, whatever the latest content is Mm -hmm. kind of get in there, see what we're doing. We go through a bunch of different stages. Mm -hmm. So on the content side, we'll have like a draft pass, which is literally, we just plunk some spawners down, have some designer text in there just to kind of get an idea of intent in terms of the quest we're trying to, or the story that we're trying to tell. And then I'll play that. I'll give some feedback on that. The mm-hmm. team will go off. They'll adjust it. Then they'll do what we call a first pass, which has base pop or you know monsters in place, has some um, more realized quest content and action, uh, generally has a first pass of the fiction in there as well, so we can get an idea of characterization and what the player is going to learn. And then I'll give feedback on that and then we'll usually do a third kind of final pass which is kind of everything in and just kind of a does everything work together Um, and that's just the first part of the day right like that's from nine to ten right (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's probably my favorite part of the day because i get to always play something new and different right and then after that it's it's meetings it's running around talking to various people be it marketing or the various teams Mm mm-hmm uh, we have what we call a live triage meeting every day, which is the live team gets together and talks about the biggest issues, and we prioritize those. Um, sometimes wow. it's firefighting. Sometimes it's dealing with interviews. Sometimes it's travel. That's the other fun part of my job is, well, the travel part's not fun, but going to the places and talking with people that love the game and love to hear about the game, right. that's really fun. Yeah, you were in, uh, what was it, uh, yeah. not New Zealand. Where were you at? Um, I was in the the Netherlands. Netherlands, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that your Twitter or post. Elfia, 
and that's the largest role playing convention in the Netherlands. Really? And it was a it was amazing. Literally, this castle that we were at was like Hogwarts. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and oh, cool. people were everybody was dressed up. I I swear, ninety percent of the people that were there were in some form of cosplay. Oh my gosh! So it was so how, amazing. How does it feel to be such a pivotal part of bringing this experience that people love? I mean. Elder Scrolls as a whole and Elder Scrolls Online as a subset of that changes people's freaking lives, Rich. I mean, it honestly does. And you get to create that. I get to be a part of creating it. I don't do it all by myself. Uh, I have a lot of really, really people, really, really passionate people that I get to work with on this stuff. Um but yeah, it's really cool being a part of a group that is so into Elder Scrolls and so into the game we make. Right. And I, I love it. Like this is the best job I've ever had. Next year will be 15 years working with the company. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, tw- it's going to be, well, it's 12 years this year working on Elder Scrolls Online. Wow. That's incredible. And does, it, it, does it feel it, like 12 years? No, not at all. <laughs> I don't know where the time went. Right. Uh, it is. It has just been a blast. It's been so much fun. That's awesome. Yeah. At a certain point. At a certain point. I've I've recently experienced this. At a certain point, you stop thinking about your life in terms of doing, and in terms of your kid's age. You're like, holy crap, kid. Yes. You went yep. from changing diapers to driving. Oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> I, I started working on ESO when my son just had basically turned two. My youngest son had turned two, and he is turning seventeen this year. Wow. <laughs> it's like, where'd the time like, go, right? It, yeah, or sorry, I, I got to Zenimax when my son turned two, yeah. Wow. And I think we had talked about that when we were in San Francisco. I think yeah. we had talked mm-hmm. about it. It's insane. Kids and yeah, it's just, it goes so <laughs> fast. And at some point, you just stop thinking about where you're at in your life and <laughs> all you're thinking about your kids. But yeah, I mean, 12 years of working purely on Elder Scrolls Online should, and then knowing that the game is just having their five three, should give our listeners at least some perspective as to the blood, sweat, and tears and time that has gone into creating that the world and creating the world that we get to play in every day. That's a reason why this world is so rich and deep and layer upon layer upon layer. Yeah, I mean, we love it too. We all play it. We eat, breathe, and sleep this as well, and it's amazing to see how players just gravitate towards it and really dig into it. Uh, I mean, you guys are perfect examples of that. You have a podcast dedicated to the lore and stories of Elder Scrolls. It's awesome. Right. Thanks. Right, and I just have to make I have to make one quick mention of you, you mentioned that you as a developer and your team plays the game. And uh, as part of this whole process, we had to become friends. We had to become a union on Discord. And I was very, I smiled and I actually took a picture on my phone. When I looked at your name and it said right underneath playing Elder Scrolls Online. And I just smiled and said, that is why we love this dev team. Yeah, I had to get my Ritz done. I had to, you know, (laughs) do a few things. Ritz all date. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Another question that I had was, I mean, you guys have to earn it. You guys don't get, I mean, unless you're doing a demo, get 
you know, a max level character with, you know, live is live. It is pristine. There are no cheats, no help for the devs. We have to do it all on our own. Uh, people will actually get fired for doing bad things on live. Like wow. that's Damn. how that's how strict we are and how careful we are with making sure that the live service is pristine. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That is awesome. So I have yes, I have earned every one of my eleven CP. <laughs> <laughs> doing Ritz. Again, I say damn. oh man all right so you talk about play testing you know you're trying new things just about every day in the game so you and you talk about 12 years that you've been you know doing this at zenimax so you've seen all the updates you've seen everything yeah you've seen it top to bottom so in that regard what to you is your favorite chapter or what is your favorite update to the game that you got to be a part of my favorite one in terms of story content or favorite one in terms of what I think best for ESO? Let's do best for ESO. Well, that one's easy. And that for me is one Tamriel. Mm-hmm. That completely changed the game. Yeah. That went from level banded zones, no exploration, kind of your traditional and kind of treadmill to this is now Elder Scroll. I can go anywhere can explore any way I want. I can play with whoever I want. And I could do it at my own pace. It didn't matter what level I was because I could never out-level the content. Right. I could always find somebody to play with. It didn't matter if, you know, my wife was a brand new player and I was a max level player. We could always play together. And right. that really changed the dynamic. of. Did you see a change in the community at one time? Oh, yeah, massive. Yeah. After, after kind of the sky is falling, oh, my God, you're getting rid Aggression kind of <laughs> died down. Um, yeah, the, that's really when the ESO community and the ESO family started coming together. Right. They started to realize that this game is now about them and about their stories rather than a race to the end. Right. That's awesome. So on the flip side, you know, what's best for ESO? What has been your favorite for story? Oh, um, that's hard. There's been a lot. It. It is. There's been a lot of stories, uh, and it's kind of like you have to choose your favorite kid, you know. Like Mike, <laughs> Mike jokes about that all the time when somebody asks him, you know, what's your favorite dungeon? He's like, well, I can't do that because they're they're all my kids. But right. I think probably the one that is got the most sentimental value to me, and I guess is probably my favorite if I if I was really pushed, would be Orsinium, because mm. that was the first update that i was the creative director for. right um, i had been the lead content designer before so i was a part of all of the stories yeah uh, in the base game but orsinium was really kind of my my baby i got to you know kind of take the lead on all of that stuff and, and work with the team to start from the beginning and work through all of the stories and what we types of stories we wanted to tell so that, that one's definitely sentimental that's awesome yeah. And that's your chosen race. It it just happens to be my chosen race. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so it so I'm talking about location because we've we've talked about you know, we talked about Somerset and elsewhere and then of course in the um, when Zoss goes about creating the next expansion or the next chapter, 
what is the process? Like, how does the brainstorming happen? Or is it all laid out about the, the next location that you guys choose for content? Uh, it's always a little bit different, but we kind of try to follow the same pattern. So we want to fill the world out. That's kind of one of our goals. We've been trying to do this since launch. Right. So we always kind of look for an area that we haven't gone to before. And then from there, it's a lot of kind of spitballing story ideas. Uh, Matt and I, who's the, the game director and president uh, at Zoss, we usually get into these kind of like one-word synopsis of the zone. So when you look at, um, say, Morrowind, Morrowind was nostalgia. That was the word that we used to kind of help direct and dictate the story. And in Somerset, it was high fantasy. Now, yes, that's two words, but that kind of gives you the, the idea. Right. With, with Elsewhere, it was... So that helps set the mindset of the story that we kind of want to tell. And then from there, we just kind of keep going in and digging deeper and go through a number of pitch processes in terms of story and, and types of things we want to do. We also look at what types of stories we've told in the past. Mm. We'll go from, I don't want to say mundane, but um, more kind of grounded stories down to earth. Like Orsinium was very grounded. It was a very kind of real world political story. Mm-hmm. Whereas you look at Morrowind, for instance, it was a very high dealt with the gods and, and, and things like that. Right. Uh, and so we, we kind of look at that pacing as well when we're, we're coming up with stories. Uh, and then from there, we work with BGS, Bethesda Game Studios, to make sure that we're not breaking lore. That's the other big part of right. what we do. Yeah. And yeah, and then from there, it just keeps building and building and building. That's awesome. And, like, it's it's yeah. a huge team effort. Yeah. So how dare you guys not make Cyrodiil this big, giant, <laughs> lush, lush forest? <laughs> Angry Reddit post. Break a lore. That, that one always makes me laugh. We actually did a lore lesson on is ESO canon or not? Uh-huh. And emphatically, emphatically, it is canon. It's like yeah. you hear some of the claims of some of the people out there, which is, which makes me very happy that you directly with Bethesda for all this stuff. It makes sense. But you hear some of the claims of some of the people out there, and I do not claim to be a lore master, hence seekers. We're still learning all this stuff. But come on, some of the stuff these people are saying. I mean, that's the beauty of the player base, though, too, and, and the fans, is they're super passionate about things. Mm, and I mm-hmm. think that's one of the things that makes our lore and our game so interesting, is there's not a single source of truth out there. Yeah. You right. know, on a lot of events in the world, it's told from multiple perspectives, it's open to interpretation, and a lot of times, what you interpret is very different than what somebody else interprets. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I agree. I mean, it's like it, you, you never really pigeon-toe yourself into a corner anywhere, you know? It really leaves you open. For it, Particularly, for instance, you know, like bringing the Dwemer back, you know? I mean, <laughs> that could be a thing, right? Huh? I had to throw it in there. That will not be a thing. <laughs> that will not be a thing. Mostly because, mostly because Todd won't ever tell anybody what actually happened. Oh, uh, really? He, says he, knows, he flaunts that in front of everybody all the time, yeah. uh, and he won't tell anybody what happened. So. Well, wait a minute. So, so here's another. This is another question. <laughs> what you cut out? Is Todd a real person? 
Todd is absolutely a real person. <laughs> okay. He is absolutely a real person, oh, and, right. and he's a very, very interesting person. Because <laughs> no, he so seems sad. a little like Adra to me. I mean, but. do they call him God Howard for a reason? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so now now to something uh, a little bit more tangible. All right. Um, there have been, there was a lot of questions back when Somerset was the actual size of the land that we were going to see. So there was a lot of people out there that were curious about the actual size. Like, how does elsewhere compare in the size to pre-existing zones? It is every bit the same size as our other chapters. You know, that's one of the things we look at is we go and we try to build the same size zones. I think actually elsewhere is a little bit bigger overall. It um, looks a little bigger. That's, well, it, a lot of it is kind of how the zone is built and how it's set up. Yeah. So, you know, we kind of have the scar running right through the middle. Uh, and almost all of the scar, which is basically the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is playable you can go down inside it you can explore it there's there's a whole bunch of things down in there there's actually a town built right into the scar that you can kind of explore there as well so right. overall the landmass is is well every bit is big if not a little bit bigger awesome nice. so um continuing along a little bit uh, about the khajiit and um elsewhere as a whole from studying the lore we know that the origins of the Khajiit and Tamriel date back to long before the, the immigration of the Alt. Um, like specifically, you can see the history in a lot of the structures out there were, where things were just built on top of each other, on top of each other, on top of each other. So we just wanted to know, like in the new chapter, what type of discoverable content about the ancient lore of the Khajiit will there be? Nothing. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's loads of stuff in there. I mean, that's one of the things that I think is one of our strongest aspects when we build zones is we're always going to put those kinds of nuggets in there. So there's there's loads of quests that uh, give hints to the lore and the history. There's loads of books. Um, there's stories in there about... Um, some of the Khajiit mythical heroes, you know, Kunzari and Anequina are in there and you learn more about them. You actually learn more about them in the main story, which is really cool. And then you also get to learn more about who inhabited it um, before the Khajiit. So like the Akaviri. Mm. Um, <laughs> you get to go and explore really ancient sites and temples and mysterious moon gates and all kinds of cool things like that where you get to learn about the history. Wow. You know, there's there's a temple in elsewhere that details beliefs about uh or the beliefs of the Khajiit that predate uh Riddlethar. Whoa. Whoa. Yes. So super super old, super super ancient stuff in here that you can really dig into and and your teeth into. Um, there's even bits and pieces about the flu and of course the allure of necromancy and kind of yeah. how all of the things tie in together, which is, is really, really awesome. Wow. That's awesome. Yes, the, the flu that nearly killed off the entire, the entire speed. <laughs> yep. Now here's another question. How do you say it? Is it Kenahattan flu or is it Nahattan flu? 
uh, I have no idea. I've been told like a thousand <laughs> times. I mean, I do good just saying inequina. Like, <laughs> no, I just call it good. I just call it the flu, and then smarter people than I uh, will tell you how the the rest of it is pronounced. We'll just call it the K flu. The K flu works. <laughs> yeah, <K-flu. laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh, man. So necromancy, it's a big deal, obviously, in a lot of ways. People have been asking for the necromancer since the beginning of time, it, it feels like. And uh, going back to lore, though, particularly existing lore, uh, in regards to necromancers and uh, elsewhere, talks a lot about how the Khajiit have very little concern over necromancy. Whereas, you know, we were talking about the Red Guard earlier, and they're just full-on cut you in half right there just for even mentioning it kind of thing. And so uh, with necromancers, we also know they've been known to frequent elsewhere because they can get ease of access to corpses because it seems like, uh, you know, the, the Khajiit sell them in, in region, in a particular city. So uh, I believe it's essential. Essential? Essential, yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> will we see any evidence of that in this new chapter? Uh, y- yes. Specifically with Sensual, you won't, because Sensual is kind of in the south, and we're focused more on the north. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are going to get to see how necromancy affects everyday life and elsewhere, and in, in, especially in, in northern elsewhere. That's awesome. There's all, all kinds of places where you can find necromancer supplies or necromantic supplies. Uh, there's mass graves in Ashen Scar. Uh, there's all kinds of corpses scattered about the world thanks to Eurexia's forces. Um, there's even some world bosses that, uh, this line that Bill gave me, which is there are a number of elsewhere world bosses that capitalize on the Khajiit's casual burial practices. Oh. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent lore. Oh. And, I mean, oh that's... that's yeah, I mean, Bill has a way with words, so I had to make sure I wrote that down because it was awesome. Oh, that's awesome! That's so cool. And we actually covered that in a lore lesson when we talked. About, we we covered necromancy as a whole. And talked about how the differences between like how the Red Guard buries their dead and like mm-hmm. how the Khajiit are just like, hey, it's okay. Maybe put a little rock on it. And it's okay. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! So. Probably one of the biggest things. I remember talking about it uh, in San Fran with you guys at Elsewhere Reveal was dragons. So, I mean, dragons are back. It's a big deal. Everyone's excited. You know, they haven't been able to fight a dragon in a new Elder Scrolls game, uh, you know, since Skyrim. So, in regards to dragons, you know, obviously we haven't even, you know, Elsewhere hasn't even dropped yet. But are any of them ever going to make it out of the borders of Elsewhere? You'll have to find out. That's what I see. wanted to hear. <laughs> we knew you'd answer that. That's what we wanted to hear. <laughs> no me recuerdo. One, yeah. one of my favorite lines is, that sounds player testable. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man. We're actually hearing a lot of things about how fun it is to fight dragons. And That's awesome. One of the, yeah, one of the biggest things that uh, that I had, Jibs and I had always talked about is, is like true world bosses, like ones that you can't solo. And it absolutely seems like dragons are non-solo, which makes us very, very happy people. I, I am sure there will be the hardcores out there that will do everything in their power to do it, and somebody will pull it off. But it is very, very, very difficult. That's awesome. That's good. That's how it should be. I love it. 
for sure. So Rich, we, uh, we threw out the feelers to the community and we wanted to bring some questions in from the community. Okay. Um, so we picked our favorites. There's a couple of them here. Um, the first one is from Hyper Pixie Games. She, she actually has her own stream and she's one of And her question is, ESO has changed a ton over the last few years. What is your very favorite change that has been made to the game and why? I have to go back to what we talked about a little bit earlier is one Tamram. That is the thing that redefined what Elder Scrolls Online is. It completely changed the game for us. It was super scary for us. Oh, I bet. Because we were totally bucking trends and totally bucking expectations, but it was a huge win for us. That's and cool. actually, even internally, we had a lot of those discussions and arguments where people were like, this is the wrong call. You're totally wrong. This is, we can't do this. This will destroy our game. And then afterwards when they played it, they were like, you were right. This is amazing for the game. This is awesome. <laughs> you know, and I mean, but that's the beauty of kind of where we work is people can do that and have those conversations. Right. Yeah. Now, I, from a gamer's perspective, I, I can't see, now I can see how people would be worried pull it off. But from a gamer's perspective, to take something where you're eliminating zones, like level zones, basically. Level you're basically, zones, yeah. yeah, you're basically saying any direction you choose is the direction that you're going to find your content or that you can find content. And it will all be level appropriate. It still blows my mind, Rich, to this day, how the fact that I can take a level 10 character that i'm leveling into a dungeon with a level you know a cp 1000 and still have everything balance out correctly i don't think i'll ever understand that algorithm it's incredible (laughs) you both make meaningful progress towards your characters that was the goal behind that is just let people play together while still having meaningful progress I would go far as to say, like, one Tamriel really, and it's kind of seen it in chat too, um, one Tamriel really, to me, embodies Elder Scrolls as yeah, absolutely as an IP. I mean, really, if, I mean, you go back to the RPGs, I mean, it's all about doing what you want, you know? Running left, running right, go this city, do that, do this, and that's, you know, you see that. And really, to me, that's the best way I can put it into words is that I just, I feel like, this doesn't feel like a, a one-off Elder Scrolls experience. You know, this really feels like the next step of the Elder Scrolls experience where I can do what I want, however I want. And it's awesome. Yep. Yeah, that that's, like you said, it truly turned Elder Scrolls Online into Elder Scrolls game. Exactly. 100%. All right, so we got one, uh, one more question here from the community. This one's from... Before we do that? Yeah. Before we jump into that? Um, don't we have a shout out that we need to do? Yeah, we can do that right now. Do, can we? We can do it right now. All right. Yes, sir, we do. Cash, go ahead. Um, yeah, so um, we just wanted to bring to the table the fact that one of our members, Officer, her name is April, and her uh, her screen name is Deplavar. And um, okay, yeah, she's in chat right now, and she wanted us to uh, bring her to your attention, and uh, she wants to say hi. I'm waiting for the hi. 
How about I just say hello, April? Oh, thank you, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so glad Sweet. that you have so much fun playing ESO. She's oh, squeamish right now, I'm sure. It is, it is our honor. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, man. All right. Where we go here? At uh, Jex Taylor from Twitter says, How much thought and planning goes into creating in-game universe altering lore and what lore has been added to, to the Elder Scrolls via ESO that has been the most exciting? Kind of a loaded that question. That's a really good question. And if you really analyze the question, why do you just make shit up? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> um, oh. uh, no, I mean, I, I think that's a, that's a great question, right? In, in um, We don't just make up lore for the sake of making up lore. We always try to build on and add to the already existing lore we can. Mm. So we work exceedingly hard on trying to make sure that anything we do, anything we add uh, will fit. Right. You know, we work really closely with Bethesda game studios uh, on that stuff. Dragons is a good example. You know, the dark brotherhood is another really good. I've kind of told that story before where um, we had a pitch for the dark brotherhood storyline and we sent it to BGS and I got the pitch that I sent was like three pages because it was just like an overview. Right. And what I got back was like six pages of here's all the shit you got wrong and here's why this doesn't work this way and that. And I was just like, holy cow. Like, <laughs> I right. thought we knew. And right. it's obvious we didn't know. And, right. And so we worked really, really closely with them on that stuff to make sure that everything that we put in uh, has their blessing and right. is going to fit within the lore. That's awesome. And then on the or for the other question is, you know, what are the things that we've enjoyed the most in terms of digging into? I think that depends on the person you talk to. Mm. So if you talk to our lore master, Lehman, mm -hmm. he will tell you that um, some of the most fun he's had is digging into the Argonians. So Merkmeyer was, he had so much fun doing that. Right, right. He had a lot of fun digging into uh, Sothasil mm -hmm. in Clockwork City. Yeah. Um, you know, and if you talk to Bill, you know, he really loved uh, Orsinium and Vivek and digging into that storyline and, and those stories with, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So mm. it, it really depends on kind of who you talk to. Uh, I'm personally, and I'm going to sound kind of like a broken record, but I'm personally really um, proud and really into the orc lore. Like I loved Orsinium and the whole concept of Orsinium and digging into this race that was always kind of downtrodden and always attacked from all sides. Like I love that kind of underdog story. Right. It's very cool. Cash. You so I'm mute your mic. So question for you then. He's like quick fucking question. with this mic. And <laughs> <laughs> this is going to lead into our next little series. So you're talking about orc lore. The fake Queen Iran from the Jester's Festival, hot or not, yes or no? Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Nailed it. See? See, you hate it. Okay, so that really does lead us the next thing that we want to talk about. And this may or may not have been a little bit non-planned, but it's okay because you're you're like a like you're like the consummate diplomat. Like your question, your answers are perfect. 
So we're going to really good. test you here. <laughs> it means I've had good practice. <laughs> we're going to really test you here. Oh, I'm going to go into a rapid fire session here with some questions. And I'm going to give you five seconds to answer each question. There's not that many of them. But they will let us know a little bit about you and better aside from the game. Oh, boy. Okay. okay. So these aren't game related. Some of them are. Some of them aren't. Okay. I'm less worried now. Okay. I think we we're, we're going to try and <laughs> trick you. Okay. Wink, wink to the audience. <laughs> okay. You ready? Here we go. He needs another drink. Favorite adult beverage. Favorite adult beverage. Yep. Beer. Most fun. Do I have to pick? Do I have to pick a beer? Nope. Okay. Beer. You're good. Most fun city you've been able to visit on the job. The Netherlands. Amsterdam. Star Trek or Star Wars? Oh, don't you do it. Uh, I gotta say Star Trek. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, man, that concludes our interview. <laughs> See you next week on Lore Seekers. <laughs> that's, oh. Yeah, that's one. Oh. Okay. We still like you. Uh, okay. A good book or a good movie? A good movie. Mm-hmm. 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 Favorite movie? Shawshank Redemption. Ooh, good oh, choice. Good freaking pick. Ooh. Favorite book? Ready Player One. Ooh, all right. God. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> Going to Karate in the Crouch. <laughs> Latest binge watch on Netflix. Uh, I don't do that. I don't know. He's I don't binge watch. my friends. I, do, I, I play video games all day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Perfect segue. Thank you. Favorite video game of all time? Oh, God, that's hard. Yeah, so yep. Star Trek, right? I'm sure it was such a hard pick for you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You'll be legendary if you say Star Trek online right now. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> No. See, that one's a toss-up. So it's got to be either Final Fantasy three, okay, or EverQuest. You just made a lot of fans. In yeah, you did. That right now. Good choice. For sure. Good choice. Yep. See, he is a gamer. He's not a faker. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one. What do you have against pants? <laughs> what? They're not comfortable? Okay. Restrictive, man. Uh, taste great or less filling has to be taste great i wanted it to be less filling but it has to be taste great Mm. all right i'm with you there okay and last question this one has to be rapid cannot think about this one you just have to copy oh okay why are the dwemer not coming back to elder scrolls oh this is Todd. don't tell us damn it todd (laughs) <laughs> that one's easy <laughs> I told you that guy's an android for sure <laughs> oh man well. well done sir that was very very well done we have one last thing okay one last thing so we understand and, and we were actually present for part of the tattoo topic oh yeah, that, uh, yeah. We had going on. oh we yeah man we don't intend to uh, belabor you with too many questions about this, but what ended up happening was if at the Elsewhere Reveal stream, 
if there were 90,000, um, was it 90,000? It was 90,000, was it? Something we like wanted that. over 90K. That's what we yeah, wanted so to they break. They wanted over 90,000 viewers for the L. If we reach that number, then you made a pledge to get an Elder Scrolls tattoo. Correct? I did. And which we, with Jibs and I, that is terrifying. <laughs> what we thought was hilarious was the fact oh. that we reached 90,000 in that stream before you even started talking yeah, that was... on the live stream. That was my Right. So some some of the things that the community oh. wanted you to get was the hashtag #fufin. They wanted you to get that. Um, another one was Stuga, yes. and there then there was the Hand of the Dark Brotherhood, which would be awesome. Uh huh. Um, then there was uh, somebody recommended the Ouroboros symbol with the Soon trademark in the middle of it. Yep. Which would be kind of funny, but. <laughs> And then uh, some other super smart dude wanted you to get the Cyrodiil load screen across your back. <laughs> I laughed my ass off. <laughs> That's I really a thing? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. That's hilarious. Apparently. But oh. anyway, uh, Jibs and I wanted to adorn you with our own design for your consideration, of course. Yeah, you know. No pressure. Yeah. yeah. No mean, pressure. We hate to break your plans because we know you've already <laughs> taken but... This one is available free of charge. <laughs> we won't charge is, royalties on this. <laughs> that is terrifying, guys. <laughs> uh, oh, but I, I can I can give an update on it if you want. Oh yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So I I did have my console. Everybody kind of saw that. I tweeted that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did get a first pass um, concept mm-hmm. of it sent to me. Mm-hmm. It is the first half of it. Mm-hmm. It looks fucking amazing. Nice. Uh, so I'm really, really excited about this. It is not going to be what people expected. Very cool. Oh, yeah. so, okay, where is it going? On my leg. Nice. Okay. Big or small? Because I wear shorts all the time. I want right. to show it off all sure. the time. Right. Uh, understand. And... It is going to be pretty big. Nice. All right, man. Going all in. Yeah. I like and, it. And uh, if the moons align properly, uh, I should be able to reveal it at QuakeCon. Ooh, all right. Ooh, wow. That's soon. That's awesome. It's, awesome. it's terrifyingly soon, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I actually have been thinking about, I'm glad you said leg, because I've been thinking getting some more tattoo work. I have some restrictions because of my job. Um, I may make the decision to just wear sleeves at work and continue down my arms, but I'm glad you didn't say back because look, I'm a grown ass man and I've experienced some pain in my life, but getting tattooed across <laughs> your entire back is a pain that I would not want anybody else <laughs> to go through. It hurts like a mother effer. <laughs> So I think your leg would be, is a very good I, I mean, this I want to show this off. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's my first act. And okay. I want to oh, show yeah. this off. Like This is something that I'm proud of. So I yeah, want to show it off. Yeah, absolutely. Hell, that's yes. awesome. Okay. No, we're not going to ask any more questions about it because surprise, and I'm sure you're yep. going to be surprised too. So that's pretty cool because there was a lot of comments in that thread 
about the tattoo that said he's never gonna do it. This is yeah, a, it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I'm gonna like, do it, dude. Quit being a dick. He's <laughs> that's <laughs> right. I said I was gonna so, do something, and I'm gonna do it. Yes. Oh boy, that's, right that's awesome. Well, cool. Thanks for uh, thanks for being a good sport through all that rapid fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no problem. Thanks for joining us, Rich. It's been awesome, man. Uh, I had yeah. a blast, guys. Thank you for inviting me. We appreciate it. Oh, well. Everybody, thanks so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate you. And uh, you know what? We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, you know, we we know you all listen from a plethora of apps and, and different outlets. And But we, what we do appreciate is for every five-star review on iTunes that we get, we show you some love with a shout-out on the show. And uh, we got a couple here. The first one is from RollingPin926 from the USA. He says, hey, guys, this is E-Rob. Oh, hey, what's going on, man? Uh, from the PS4 side of Lore Seekers, just wanted to say thank you for creating such an amazing podcast. A great mix of news, game experiences, and, of course, the lore. The podcast is definitely my Friday morning commute fix. Keep it up. Excited to see what's next. Cheers. That's awesome. Thanks so much, man. Thank you, sir. Uh, next one here. The last one is from Mandy Nova 411 from the USA. Says, I love this podcast. It's my weekly update on all things happening of ESO. Not only are these guys cheery and just great guys, but they produce reliable, informative content. I just joined the NAPC Guild, Mandy Nova 41. Hey, shout out. Uh, and I'm scared to death of PvP. <laughs> Maybe one day <laughs> Dive in. I'll just get the in. courage to adventure with you all, but for now, I'll stick to crafting and Ritz. That's awesome. Thank you all so much. We appreciate that. Thank you. You can always call us, 765-382-6961. Or email us, loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com. Now, if you want to join our ever-growing community, we're getting ready to hit 1,000 members in our Discord. We're growing. We're in PC, NA, EU, uh, Xbox, NA, EU, and uh, PS4, NA right now. You can visit loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild. Download Discord, join the Discord server, and uh, go to Apply to Guild and just type slash apply. That's it. Go through the old uh, cash calls, the douchebag filter. and uh, It's the douche filter. <laughs> we'll get you in. You can find this show wherever podcasts are free, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, CastBox, whatever. Make sure and subscribe so that you can get your episodes automatically. Cash, we're on Twitter. We are on Twitter. You can follow Jibs on Twitter at Jibs. You can at Lore Seeker Cash, and the cash is with a K. And you can follow the show at Lore Seekers Cast. We are also on Instagram at Lore Seekers. And uh, of course, we're on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Lore Seekers Podcast. We did want to do a big shout out real quick. We actually got some somber news uh, in the Lore Seekers Guild today that one of our very members, Shiloh Waltz, uh, had a medical emergency the other evening and um, he's doing fine and uh, he shouted out to his guildies today so we wanted to give him a shout out on the show and let him know that we're praying for him and to get better soon and we also wanted to make mention to Rich that uh, he happened to have this medical emergency right after Vet Dungeon so oh. I'm just saying I'm just saying <laughs> oh. why would you tell him that <laughs> I'm glad he's, he's a man. okay, Because <laughs> he's a man and he can take it. That's why. <sighs> That's funny. Now, if it was Vet Fongo Grotto, then we'd probably have to talk to Shiloh. And go, yeah. <laughs> we'll get you through that. But some of these other ones. Vet Malatar? Don't even get me started on that. Oh, man. <sighs> I'm totally going to tell Finn that story. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Shiloh, we want to wish you the best, man. Our... Yeah, thoughts and prayers with you. 
portfolio. So come back to us soon. Yeah, appreciate it. Well, thank you everybody so much. We hope you have a great week in gaming. Stay safe. And uh, you know what? Welcome to Volume 4. We'll be back next week with Episode 2. Take care. Storyline coming up. Dilly freaking dilly. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Rich. New storyline. Thanks, Rich. Prologue. Although his hind paws were covered in fur, the floor was still cold on the surface of his footpads. His legs and feet were usually wrapped in leather or linen when he was about, a light option for those situations where stealth was of the utmost importance. But not tonight. His wiry yet muscular hind legs were free of restriction and resting comfortably under his desk. He loved the cold feeling on his footpads. It was a therapy of sorts, given he'd been on them for many days. It was dark in his study, save for the few candles at his desktop, illuminating a well-weathered tome, several rolled scrolls, an inkwell, and feather. Hmm, he said as he carefully translated the Daedric script adorning the page. It says here that the raising of a dead animal may produce a guard-dog type of a demeanor at best, with a creature sometimes tuning on the conjurer. Curious. Quite curious. There was nobody else in the room, save a small, black-furred feline curled up and snoozing at the edge of a meager wood-posted bed near the desk. His furry little face appeared to have white accents resembling the features of a skull. The feline lifted his head at the sound of his master's voice, paused a moment to listen, then nestled it back atop its outstretched paws. The obedience of such a conjured creature is directly attributed to his intelligence in life. Hmm, quite curious, the Kajiti scholar pondered. The small feline again lifted its head in response to the interrupted silence as if slightly annoyed by the broken sleep. Then, when his master's quiet study ensued, rested his head upon his paws once again. Perhaps the larger and more skilled the vessel is in life, the more loyal and trainable it would be in death. This would certainly explain the cunning of that undead warhound at that lich's side in Grotwood some months ago, hey, Krindar? Krindar, the small feline slumbering on the bed ignored the words and stiffened, as if something had caught his attention other than his master's incessantly intruding inquiry. The small but muscular feline pulled himself to the edge of the bed, belly sliding along the fur covers, eyes fixed on something across the room. The cat's owner didn't even notice that his feline companion was on the hunt. Krindar didn't move a muscle. He merely sat there and watched until whatever he was stalking began to move. Without moving his head, Krindar's eyes followed the target which appeared to be moving about the small floor. 
Then his hind end started to bounce slowly to and fro as if Krindar was ready to pounce, waiting, focused. His moment arrived and Krindar leapt into the air, landing directly on top of an unsuspecting field mouse that had made its way into the small room. A loud squeak pierced the silence and the mouse lay mortally wounded in Krindar's mouth, save a few twitches as it breathed its last breath. By Hursin's spear! The Kajidi researcher exclaimed. What are you doing, Krindar? Seemingly startled by the sudden commotion. The feline, mouse still lying listless in the gape of his maw, leapt onto his master's desk and laid the dead mouse before him as if presenting a gift. Krindar sat down as cats do, staring at his master, awaiting a reaction. A gift? For me, Krindar! His master replied to the gesture. The Khajiit's furred face turned from one of surprise to an expression of wonder as he stared down at the dead mouse. A gift indeed, my friend. This one believes he understands what you'd have him do, Grindar. You are a very clever friend. Okay. You know the rules. Not a peep to anyone. Understand? Grindar licking his paws as he sat atop his master's desk, simply ignored the question, as if he were waiting for something better. His master stood up from his desk, grabbed his chair, and placed it out of the way. The slender, yet noticeably physically fit Khajiit took a step back and settled his stance into the stone floor. He began waving a paw in a circular motion parallel to the table. A faint, wispy blue glow began to emanate from the paw. The blue wisps grew into glowing spirals, moving clockwise from beneath the desk and moving slowly toward the ceiling. The small spirals would fade into thin air at the top, but regenerate down below in a continuous movement as the Khajiit continued to whirl his hand. His concentration was intense, head bowed low as he faintly chanted words of an unknown language. Krindar's fur was rustling in the light wind created by the spell his master was channeling. He decided he didn't like the breeze and jumped down onto the stone floor, then back atop his perch on the bed. The Khajiit magic user finished his spell, dropped his paw to his side and waited, staring at the dead mouse on his desktop. Perching his front paws on the wooden footpost of the bed, Krindar stood there watching behind his master eyes fixed on his dead prey. Both cats, the large and the small, stared mesmerized by the corpse for several seconds, as if awaiting something. The mouse lay, still and dead, on its side, blood stains on its wet fur near its neck where Krindar had sunk his fangs. The Khajiit's shoulders dropped, and the tension and anticipation left his body. He turned his head behind him and looked at Krindar, still anxiously fixated on the dead mouse. You see, Krindar, it doesn't work. This one thinks it's for the best, most likely, he said to his feline companion. The Khajiit then noticed what he swore was a smile come across the face of his furry friend. Noticing the reaction, the Khajiit turned his attention back to the dead mouse on the table. 